Welcome to My Adventures in Healing, stories and tales from my messy journey of transformation. Buckle up for a wild and wacky ride because truth is often stranger than fiction. I'm Jamie, and I will be your guide into the twists and turns of my adventurous life. I'm so glad you're here with me. Let's jump right in. Welcome, welcome. Today's episode is a doozy. I am calling this caught in the chaos of my own creation. Or what the hell was I thinking? Or an incredible life-changing two-week adventure in Greece. Like all of those things are true. And so... Like, this story and adventure is one of those, like, absolute pivot points for me. As I look back on the things that unfolded in my life, and particularly in 2017, there were some intense experiences on this two-week adventure in Greece that were these key choice points for me, these points where... Some of these themes that I talked about last time that were alive in my life and these cracking open type experiences all kind of came together and I had some choices to make. And so I'll share more about that. But in order for you to kind of understand how this trip came about and what was going on behind the scenes, there are two things that were happening simultaneously in my personal world in 2017. First, I was turning 40. And as if you've, you know, been through a major life milestone, you might imagine like all the themes of who am I? Who do I want to be? Is this the life I want to be living? You know, all those sort of like midlife existential themes were absolutely alive inside of me during this time. And as I shared last time, they were amplified and maybe even louder or more intense because of my some of my experiences in 2015 and 2016 with the death of my mother, with my then husband's cancer journey and adventure, with the loss of a dear friend to cancer. And so these themes of like, who am I? Who do I want to be? Is this the life I really want to be living? Life is really precious and short. I want to get the most out of it. Like all those themes were alive within me and this sense of, and I'm turning 40 and oh my gosh, right? Like that, like key, you know, sort of um, Meg Ryan in When Harry Met Sally, I'm going to be 40 someday type of moment, right? Like, it, well, the someday was here and like all the stuff was alive and inside of me. So that was like one thing that was going on within me and very present. And simultaneously, my two best girlfriends at the time are friends that were close, you know, actively in my life, day in and day out, week in, week out. We lived in the same community together. My close, two of my closest friends whom I spent a great deal of my free time with, we were all turning 40 that same year and decided we wanted to celebrate. We were going to own and claim 40, right, instead of being fearful of it. And so we were going to do something each month to celebrate. And we had this great idea of taking this incredible, wild, like, girls adventure type trip, right? So that was kind of, like, happening in the background. And we'd started celebrating a year of 40 in December of 2016 because the first one of us was turning 40 in early January. And we did something each month to kind of, like, celebrate each other, celebrate ourselves, celebrate and own like 40, right? Like, so we were being intentional about claiming 40 for ourselves. And yet all of the exponential grist was also alive behind the scenes within me. Now, at the same time, my marriage 
was experiencing a ton of tension and stress. So my then husband and I had been on this journey with his um, cancer the year before. I'd been somewhat emotionally checked out and unavailable due to all of the things that unfolded for me with my mother's passing and grief and identity sort of like crisis around what do I want to be doing work-wise. Like all these things were unfolding. Then his cancer stuff was happening, right? And like I alluded to last time, my approach to navigating through his cancer journey was to project manage the hell out of it and try to fix and solve things, right? Like my way of trying to create some safety within myself was to try to make sure everything was going to be okay for him. We had also decided that I would take a sabbatical from my my corporate career for a year and work within the family business that we had, his construction business, and offer hands-on day-to-day strategic management and operational management so that he could focus on his wellness journey, right? So there were a lot of big changes like that happening behind the scenes. And at the same time, our two daughters, um, his daughters from his first marriage, who when he and I got together were seven and 10. And at this point in 2017, they'd been in, um, you know, my life for eight or nine years. I'd been their bonus mother. We'd been married a while. They were now, let's see if I recall correctly, 17 and 20, right? Like they're We'd been in each other's lives, but they'd never really lived with us. Um, Circumstances up to that point, they'd lived primarily with their mother. We saw them for long weekends or holidays, spring break, extended periods of time in the summer. But we'd never, they'd never lived with us full time. And life circumstances unfolded in such a way that in the spring of 2017, not only did our youngest, who was 16 or 17 at the time, relocate to Charlotte and move in with us, but our oldest and her boyfriend had also relocated to Charlotte and they were living on their own, but then they ended up moving in with us as well. So if you've ever been in a long-term relationship and layered in dynamics of like illness and then like working together and then changing family and home dynamics and children or adult children (laughs) moving in with you and like all those things that were happening. That was kind of what was happening in our household and in our marriage. So My then husband and I were working together day in and day out in his business. I was busy trying to fix and solve everything. He was on the mend from a really intense cancer journey. Our two almost adult children were living with us along with the boyfriend. Our two dogs also had some cats in the household as a result of the kids, you know, we were we were dealing with all kinds of change and tension and um yeah, it was a lot. So to say that our marriage and our relationship was going through some stuff is absolutely an understatement. In fact, if I want to be brutally honest and relentlessly compassionate about it, our relationship was extremely strained. Um, I would say that we did not have great communication and we probably didn't have a great foundation for how to talk about the things that were going on. Um, I was really focused on, again, trying to solve stuff, trying to make it look like I had everything together, trying to make sure everybody was happy based on my interpretation of what would make them happy, right? And I think my 
then husband was kind of going with the flow. Um, I can be a strong personality and I'm used to having things the way I want. And certainly when we first started dating, I was used to living life on my terms. And so in many ways, I handled a lot of things in our household and in our relationship because I could and because I was used to being independent and I wanted to do stuff the way I wanted to do it. And so it was very easy for me to say, don't worry, I'll take care of it. And in that way, got to do what I wanted without having to open up the conversation for discussion. Looking back, I can see that pattern very clearly and how that is not really, not at all, conducive to a healthy partnership dynamic. So all of those things were alive and true in the spring and summer of 2017. What also happened for me is that personally, like I had shared last time, all of this pressure, all of this stress, all of these feelings, all of these existential themes and questions, and just also being kind of like burned out on life, not having good tools for self-care, not having really a good support system in place. I had friends and loved ones, but I didn't lean on them. I didn't really ask for help. I didn't know what help I needed. I wasn't acknowledging that I needed help because I was too busy trying to have everything together. So I didn't really have the tools and support to help me navigate through all these challenges. I was kind of busy telling myself, well, there's been a lot of stuff going on in my life. Life is stressful. Like when we get through this stressful period, things will be better, right? Like that was sort of like the mantra in my head. Like, and from the outside, that made sense, right? Like my mom had died. My then husband had had cancer. Someone else had died. We'd had, you know, our kids move in. Our dog was sick. Like there was a lot going on. And... I didn't have good tools to know how to navigate through it. And our relationship really wasn't um, structured in a way to support us through it. So all of that was bubbling up and starting to like burst out, right? Like the cork popping out of the champagne bottle. There were these like bursts, outbursts, you know, the, the steam valve releasing steam, me having breakthrough, breakdown moments. Um, It is fair to say that in May, June, and July of 2017, I was super stressed, super emotional, probably in tears every day, maybe every other day, uh, definitely every other day, but probably every day. Like that's my like my my eyes runneth over when my emotions are intense and have nowhere to go. And there was so much inside of me, it would leak out my eyes because I didn't really have tools or processes to help me process through it. And I wasn't really letting it out. So it would just like burst out, right? Like, so I was stressed. I was exhausted. I was crying. I was feeling like I was at these breaking points. And I was really, really stressed. Um, And I remember in June of that year, not long after my birthday, taking like a quick weekend getaway trip back home to Seattle to see my family. I crashed at my sister's house. And I remember sitting in her living room, just sobbing and saying, I can't go on like this. Something needs to change, right? Like I, I need something to be different, Like I was hitting that proverbial wall of like, I need something to happen. And so, but I didn't really, I didn't know how to share it all with very many people. Like my sister was a safe space where I could just let it all out, but I didn't really know how to explain it to my husband. And we didn't really have the type of relationship where I let him see a lot of those vulnerabilities. I didn't know how to be vulnerable with him. 
I didn't know how to let him see me in that way. So I came back from that trip. This was early June, and I, I was awkward and distant, and I told him I wanted to talk. And there was like this, this voice inside of me that was like, let's try being more vulnerable. Let's try like letting people hear what's, um, what's going on. But there was also a lot of fear and there was a lot of like anger and this sense of I got to be tough, right? Like kind of all of that was sort of alive within me. And he and I had this conversation and in my honesty, I was also sort of like drawing this line and sort of like making this ultimatum of I want greater connection. I want greater intimacy. I want greater romance. I want more connection with you um, or like, I think we need to like, we need to basically, we need to fix our relationship or this isn't going to work and we need to like consider another solution, right? Like, so I was the one that kind of threw down the gauntlet and said, hey, we need to fix this or like figure something else out. And in my mind... I was saying, hey, I need you to step up and meet me in my honesty. Let's figure out how to work through this. Looking back, I can see that what I was trying to say, but I didn't know how to say is, I want to feel safe to share who I am with you. I want to have a relationship where we are sharing and are in greater partnership. And I see that that's not what's happening. But I didn't, I didn't really know how to say that. And there was all this noise and junk and buildup of emotional plaque, if you will, in the way. And so, like, that conversation sort of unfolded. And I left the conversation <laughs> With this, like, sense of, okay, like, again, I was busy solving. And so I came up with a solution in the midst of talking out my thoughts and feelings with him, right? Like, I emotionally vomited all over him and then sorted through what I thought and came up with a plan and said, hey, I think we should, let's take time this summer to, like, focus on individual self-care. We're both burned out. We're both exhausted. Like, let's get back to ourselves and like try to connect more from a more nourished place, right? Like if we don't put the oxygen mask on ourselves, we can't like show up in the relationship. Let's take time to work on ourselves. Then we'll see what we can do. We have this upcoming trip to Greece. Um, at the end of July, this would be an incredible opportunity for reconnection, right? Like I was writing the outcomes in my mind, sharing it with him of what I wanted to happen, right? Like I was going to work on me. I was going to do some yoga. I was going to feel better about myself. I was going to manage my stress. I was going to fix my shit so that I could show up better in the relationship, be more of the partner that I wanted to be, be more of who he deserved, we would have this incredible two-week adventure and, you know, that would help us get back on track. Now, what I did not do, right, like because I was busy solving things for everybody was say, hey, does that sound good for you, right? Like I was assuming because that was the plan that made sense for me, that would be the plan that would make sense for him. And meanwhile, I think he was probably reeling a bit from like this emotional dumping I had just done all over him and the ultimatum I had thrown down. And I later came to find out like that my ultimatum sort of like cracked open this idea for him of, wait a second, I hadn't really thought about divorce, but she's teeing up this idea of if, you know, we don't fix this, then Maybe we need to walk away. And so this idea of divorce started to like, hmm, um, he started to actually consider that, right? So my honesty created all kinds of possibilities and I was forging ahead with this plan. Now you might be saying, wait a second, 
I thought this Greece trip was this 40th birthday extravaganza with the girlfriends. Where does the husband fit in? And you would not be the only person asking that question. Many of our friends at the time were asking the same question. How on earth does this make sense for this like mashup of these things, right? Like in my mind, this incredible bucket list type trip, this two-week adventure to Greece was going to check the box on all the things. It was the 40th birthday extravaganza with my girlfriends. It was the honeymoon that my husband and I had never taken. It was the one-year celebrate him being free from cancer, from his like big surgery and the cancer being gone type adventure. It was an opportunity for us to reconnect, right? Like there were all these expectations within me of what this trip was going to be. And in my mind, it's this perfect solution. It's this opportunity to go to Greece for two weeks with my girlfriends, this opportunity to go to Greece for two weeks with my husband and reconnect, right? And nowhere in my solving did it occur to me to say, does that make any freaking sense to combine all those things together, right? Because in my conversations with my girlfriends, we wanted to take a big extravagant trip for our 40th birthdays. And my husband and I had been wanting to take a honeymoon that we'd never taken. We did stuff with our kids, but we'd never done something just the two of us as a getaway. And so it was like 2017, six years after we'd gotten married. And so it was like, I really want to take a honeymoon. Now, how this unfolded was not just like, I want to take this trip with my girlfriends and I want to do this thing with my husband and I'm going to package them all together without it making any sense. In my mind, because I was sort of coordinating things, a thought occurred that this like 40th birthday trip, we would extend the invite to a bunch of our friends, right? Like, and my girlfriends might be in relationships or they might bring somebody along. And we had friends that were couples that might want to come and it would be this big group trip two-week experience like so it made sense initially that it could be all the things but that never quite materialized and so what happened was I was planning and coordinating this trip for my girlfriends and I and having it also check the boxes on this trip for my husband and I. What I never did was check in with him around what he wanted. I was busy coordinating the trip for the girls and I, asking what they wanted and being responsible for figuring out where we were going to go. And we used a trip planning service to help us and all the things. You know, at that time, I was so at capacity or beyond capacity with work stress and life stress and what have you. And I was so used to kind of like handling stuff in our household and in our lives. I did not check in with him and ask what he wanted. And that was really a theme in our relationship. Um, Looking back, I can see that quite clearly And in fact, that occurred to me in the weeks leading up to our trip. I remember sitting in the truck with him after we'd been maybe out to dinner or out for drinks or something. And it's sort of dawning on me as our trip was looming in a few weeks. Oh my gosh, I've planned this whole trip in conversations with my girlfriends asking what they wanted and how they wanted to spend their time and solving for those things. And I really haven't asked him what he wants. I haven't asked him how he wants to spend his time. I haven't really given him the opportunity to weigh in. I've been busy trying to handle everything, but not communicating with him, not being a partner. And I remember 
sitting with him in the truck and owning up to that and apologizing and feeling this intense embarrassment and shame and sadness and overwhelm, right? Like, oh my God, once again, I've dropped the ball in a major way with the person that I'm supposed to be on the team with, right? Like, this is my life partner. I'm supposed to be navigating through life with him. And it's starting to dawn on me um, that that's not how I'd been showing up. That is not the lens through which I'd been showing up in our relationship. And I remember him thanking me for the apology, but also I remember seeing the truth on his face and in his emotions that the apology was like a little too little too late, right? Like, yeah, it's great that you're noticing and acknowledging this two or three weeks in advance, but the damage is done. I'm hurt and disappointed and angry and frustrated. And um, and looking back, I totally understand and have complete empathy and compassion for his reaction. It was not the best of circumstances um, for him. And so we went ahead with the trip, right? Like, in my mind, there wasn't really an option not to. I might have asked him if he still wanted to go at some point, and I think he said he did. Um, In the weeks leading up to the trip, he and I were arguing a lot. There was a lot of stress in our lives as a result of working together and not aligned expectations around what that meant to work together. And so here we were embarking as this foursome, right? My two girlfriends and my then husband and I, this foursome into this two-week adventure in Greece, all together, traveling together. And if you've ever traveled with people and if you've ever traveled internationally with people and if you've ever traveled for a long period of time with people, you know that those kinds of travels and adventures are, um, it is an opportunity ripe for stress, for conflict, for disagreement, for challenge. And so that is certainly what, um, those possibilities were alive as we headed into that trip. So I'm not going to like go into all the details of the trip, but I am going to share some of the things that happened for me on that trip. Um, So my friends and my then husband, I would say their relationships with one another were affectionately tolerant, right? Like, This was not a foursome, the four of us, that was like best friends, right? Like there were definitely um, like multiple group dynamics. There was like my dynamic with my friends. There was my dynamic with my then husband. And then there was his dynamic with them. And that was awkward and affectionately tolerant. So that trip right? Like in the experiences of jet lag and navigating different cities and staying in these different places and like managing everyone's expectations. I found myself on that trip feeling like just caught between a rock and a hard place, right? Like it, it was not unfolding the way I expected. Now, now, how could it, quite frankly, with all the myriad of expectations I had piled on top of this trip, right? Like girls trip for 40th birthdays and belated honeymoon and celebration of life and reconnection with husband and once in a lifetime trip to Greece, right? Like that's a lot of expectations for one two week experience. And there was a lot going on for all of us 
individually, personally, undercurrents that were alive for all of us and competing in the midst of that trip. And so I felt the stress and tension of the dynamics. Now, I'm somebody that picks up on undercurrents, on emotions. I'm used to reading people, reading the room, reading dynamics. And I was used to, again, trying to solve and make everything better for everyone. And I found myself, and this is why it was a really pivotal experience for me, on this trip in that unique situation as a people pleaser who wants to please everybody, found myself not being able to please anybody. Like, like it wasn't like the, the nature of the trip and the way it evolved, like it wasn't going to meet all those different criteria, right? Like it couldn't really be a, a girl's trip because my husband was along, right? Like, and it couldn't really be a honeymoon because we had my girlfriends there. And like the reconnection could only happen if we were open and vulnerable and trying to connect and that really wasn't happening. And so like there were all these things, all these truths that were smacking me in the face on this adventure. And it was painful. It was awkward. I felt so much disappointment and frustration and guilt and shame. Like, like the slap myself upside the head. What the hell was I thinking? How did I not see that this was not going to come together the way I anticipated? Um, right? Like the the hindsight 2020 smacking me in the forehead was so present day in and day out. Now, something happened for me personally on like the second or third day of our trip. We had we were here on the island of Mykonos. We we'd started in Athens, spent one night there and then come to Mykonos and I think it was I don't know if it was our first night in Mykonos or if it was the next day, but I was I was walking through our hotel and I was captivated by the view outside and I was not watching where I was going and there was a step down ahead of me and I didn't see it. And I like really intent, like painfully like wrenched my ankle because I stepped out and it was really a down step. And so basically I landed on the side of my ankle and like basically snapped it. So here I was on like day two or day three of this two-week epic adventure and I've massively snapped my ankle and it just like, like all the, the, it was like this moment where all my expectations for the trip kind of hit me in the face because I was faced with this idea of, oh my gosh, what if I can't function on the trip the way I want? What if I can't walk? You know, it was kind of like this pressure point where this thing happened and and I sort of was hit in the face with kind of like a bunch of the truths and awkwardness. And I remember sitting by the pool, soaking my ankle in the water, like trying to breathe. I had been bawling with tears of frustration and tears of pain and just like trying to breathe, trying to come back into myself, trying to like figure my way through this. And this question kind of occurred to me that would become a pivotal question for me in the coming months. What popped into my head was how do I want to show up in this? Like, yes, I've sprained my ankle Yes, it's really painful. Yes, it's really bad. Yes, it could impact this trip. But it was really like it hit me. It was this really clear like like this choice point. Like, but how do I want to choose to navigate this? I have a choice. What am I going to do? Am I going to let this impact the trip? Or am I going to figure out how to navigate through this? And so it kind of like, 
that I sat with that and was processing that and made the choice, the decision, set the intention to, I'm going to take care of my ankle. I'm going to elevate it. I'm going to, you know, ice it. I'm going to get an ace bandage. I'm going to do whatever I need to do so that I can show up for the trip the way that I desire, right? Like, so it was this, like, my path forward from that moment was I need to slow down and intentionally do whatever self-care is needed for the ankle so that I can still enjoy this experience to whatever extent possible. And that was, like, a key moment for me. And luckily, it happened early enough in the trip for me to have that aha moment. Um, it was painful, but, you know, I did the things. I elevated my ankle in at night. I massaged the blood flow. I used Arnica cream. I iced it. I, you know, did all the things, wrapped it in an ace bandage, like was intentional about my choices, but kept moving and was like, I still want to show up. I still want to experience this trip. Now, that was an important moment for me personally related to my ankle because what would happen over the next several days as I was continuously facing the awkwardness of the dynamics of the trip and like feeling torn between my girlfriends and and their experience and their adventure and our time together and like wanting to connect with my husband and figure out like what he wanted. I was constantly feeling torn between what each sort of group needed or what each um, faction, if you will, like how to connect with each faction. And then there were times where it was like, I just don't have the energy, the capacity to like deal with what they each or individually or collectively need. And so it was sort of, again, this choice point of like, well, what do I need? And it sounds weird, but for me, this trip, like that trip was a pivotal point in time for me because I was face to face with this realization of, I might not be able to meet everybody else's needs. I might not be able to please everybody. And in the absence of being able to please everybody or anybody, like, how do I want to show up in this? And for the first time, I started saying, well, what do I want to do? I'm going to choose me. And I remember that happening. It was one of our last days on Mykonos. So it was like the fourth or fifth day of the trip. My girlfriends had gone to town. I was waiting around at the resort to see if my then husband wanted to go to town too. He wasn't sure what he wanted to do, blah, blah, blah. He wanted to relax or what have you. And so I found myself like, do I want to stay here and do that with him? He seems like he's in a funk or wants to do his own thing. My friends are off like, what do I want to do? And I was like, I want to go to town. And so I took the bus from outside our resort to town. And instead of, and I remember this very clearly, instead of messaging my friends right away saying, hey, where are you? Let me go meet up with them. I chose instead to set a meeting point with them a little bit in the future, like an hour out. And I was like, I just need some time for myself. I just need some time for me, right? And again, this was this was a unique moment in time for me and it and it was maybe it stands out because it was it was choosing myself and the quiet moments were in such direct contrast to feeling stuck between trying to please other folks, right? Like so it sort of stands out whereas Clearly in my life, I also chose myself at other times, but it was right like this, this intense comparison or um, contrast to not pleasing everybody else. Right. And I found myself just walking through town 
just like tuning into the present moment, being like, I can't fix this whole trip. It's sort of like this walking disaster. I can't like worry about everybody else's experience. What if I just take this hour for myself? What if I just walk and enjoy and see what is here to experience? And that's really what I did. And and I remember that walk. I remember that experience very clearly. Navigating through the windy sort of streets of Mykonos town where it's so easy to get lost and like not worrying about where I was going, just trusting that I would get where I needed to be. Listening to all the languages being spoken around me. You know, it's this magnet for people from all around the world to come, a powerful tourist destination. And so you can hear people speaking French or Italian or German or English or Greek or Chinese or, you know, what have you. Like it was all around me. And I I remember feeling this like breath of fresh air, like in my body, in my soul, like this soul stirring feeling of, oh, wow, I remember this sensation. And I'd always been someone who loved to travel and loved going to new places. And I hadn't really been on any international adventures in quite a long time. In fact, since 2007. So it had been 10 years since I'd been on a big international adventure. And and really like, noticing how that felt in my body to be experiencing this again. And there was this like feeling of intense recognition of, oh, this feeling, yes, this aliveness, this, oh, there was just like something that stirred within me that was very powerful. And I'm going to come back to this in a few minutes, but it was a very impactful moment for me of just like this knowing within myself of this. I want more of this. And so that was one of the impactful moments for me on the trip. Another impactful moment came for me a few days later. We were in Santorini and the four of us had gone out for drinks. And then my then husband had gone back to our hotel and to our suite to relax or do whatever. And it was the three of us girls continuing to have drinks. And we were sitting at this bar overlooking the caldera, which is the the center of uh, the volcano that had erupted. So you're up high and we were looking out over the caldera. The sun had already set, but it's like, I don't know, this incredible scene or sensation feeling. We're in this bar that's like terraced on this hillside and and the lights are sort of behind us and we're looking out from up high at the sea and it's dark and there's like twinkling lights and stars and then there's you know the lights of the hotels beside us and behind us but you sort of feel suspended right like suspended and there's just like this if you've never been to Santorini or never seen pictures, I encourage you to go look at the photos. There's just this otherworldly vibe there. It feels like a place out of time. And so sitting there in that bar, having a drink with my friends, looking out at the sea, but it was just sort of like inky blackness, sort of just looking out into the beyond, if you will. And we were having a conversation just like being real and honest around what was like going on and what was true and alive for each of us and what we were thinking. And I was being honest and sharing the awkwardness that was kind of alive within my marriage and that I, I wanted more, right? Like that, and that I think I was sharing about my experience walking through Mykonos town and that feeling of, I want more of this. And both of my friends um, knew how much travel and adventure spoke to me. And so I was, you know, sharing that I was having this 
soul-stirring experience that I wanted more of this in my life. And I was sharing that. And one of my friends was saying, yeah, that's so you and you haven't been doing any of that. Um, And she had known me before I met and dated and married my then husband. And she was like, you used to do that all the time. You haven't been doing that. I can see you doing more of that. Like, you know, she was really reflecting back to me that that used to be a huge part of my life. And I found myself, you know, sort of in my sharing with them, hearing myself say, I'm not ready to give up on this marriage. I want to make it work. And I also want to live my life differently. I want more of this, right? Like I want more of this soul stirring aliveness that I'm been reminded of here. I want more of a life that gets my juices flowing. I want more food and savoring and sensory experiences and travel and adventure. Like I want more of this. This used to be a huge part of my life and I miss it. Right. And saying that out loud And being witnessed in that and sort of like speaking that out into the caldera was really powerful for me. It was a powerful acknowledgement of a deep desire. And I find it ironic, right, like as I think about it, because as I look back, I can see clearly how the, the messiness of that trip unfolded, right? Like it was my pattern of not advocating for my wants, right? Like not knowing how to say, this is what I want. And instead, let me coordinate everybody else's wants. I'll be responsible for making everybody else's wants happen so that I can then insert what I want behind the scenes without having to say it, right? Like I can see looking back that I had a deep fear of, claiming my desires and naming them and speaking them. And so my over-functioning control freak, let me handle all the details, micromanage approach was really this, I can get what I want if I'm responsible for all the details because I'll just come up with a solution that meets everybody's needs and my own. And then I never have to ask for what I want And then I never have to risk someone saying no to what I want, right? Like, so I can see clearly, like, that that was true. And at that time in my life, I really wasn't, I did not have a habit of advocating for what I want. I did not speak my wants and desires out loud very often. Now, 2017 was this, like, cracking open point where these wants and not wants were like bursting out in these like venting purging explosions right like the the conversation with my husband in june like the ultimatum of i am fed up and i want x and if if we can't figure that out then we might have to be done right like i didn't know how to with vulnerability or softness or trust say, hey, this is what I want. So like recognizing that pattern of not being able to really express my desires and then having this moment where I was speaking my desires out loud to my friends as witnesses, but also to myself of the type of life I did want to lead as a result of my experience of feeling the aliveness on this trip, that was a really powerful moment for me. And it still stands out. And and it really, it like anchored something within me of, I want more. I want more aliveness. Now, I didn't know what that was going to look like, right? But it was, there was this like sense of, I want more aliveness in my life. And, and I'm going to figure out how to have it. That was definitely very real and very true for me. So, like, this trip was awkward and uncomfortable and was not in any way the intimate, romantic, 
let's find our way back to each other trip that I anticipated with my then husband, right? It was sort of this awkward, not quite romantic, not quite anything really sort of trip. And it was also not the incredible 40th birthday extravaganza girls trip because there was also all these awkward dynamics with my husband, right? So it, the trip did not meet any of the expectations with which I entered into the trip. And it was awkward, uncomfortable, painful at times, super stressful at other times. And there were these moments where I had to make a choice. How am I going to show up in the face of the ankle situation? If I can't please anybody, maybe I just need to do what I need to do. Um, These truth points with myself, feeling the aliveness walking through Mykonos Town. And then later, again, on Santorini, I would feel that aliveness and the pleasure in the moments and the food and the adventure and the walking. And again, later in Crete, some incredible experiences where I was just really present and savoring the moments. And that was something I was really trying to focus on on the trip when I realized that everybody else's experiences were going to be outside of my control and influence. I just wanted to soak up as much as I could of the experience as it was unfolding And so I really tried to be just present and enjoy and savor. And there were these really powerful moments of experiencing the aliveness. The sunset catamaran trip around the caldera in Santorini. And a beach sunset in Crete. And uh, an adventure to visit the oldest olive oil tree on the island of Crete. It's like 3,500 years old. She's this great grandmama olive tree and like touching her gnarly skin and seeing how many years she'd been there. And, you know, just like these intense, beautiful, incredible moments. I focused on being present for the moments that were unfolding. And that was really powerful for me. Now, what I alluded to when I was talking about the experience walking through Mykonos Town, I want to come back to because In addition to that soul-stirring experience of I want more of this that I felt as I was walking through town, there was also this tiny little voice inside of me that I didn't understand at the time. It was like this whisper. I was walking through town. I was listening to all the languages. I was soaking up all the texture and color and differentness of the place. And there was this little voice, this little spark within that said, there is something more for you here. And I heard it and I just like didn't understand it because to be fair, I didn't like Mykonos. Like when I, on our trip coming to Mykonos from Athens and where we were staying, like, and where I was at in my life and with my sense of, like, self and my body. Like, I was in this place of, like, self-loathing, didn't feel comfortable in any of my clothes, didn't feel attractive, didn't feel posh or put together. And the resort we were staying at was very high-end. And it was, you know, we were surrounded by all these beautiful people in swanky clothes and you know Mykonos has this reputation for being the place that a lot of celebrities come and it the neighborhood we were staying in and the resort we were staying at certainly had that vibe and I was feeling this intense amount of like this is not my place I don't belong here I was confronted with all these feelings of not good enough not pretty enough not attractive enough like all the ways in which I was judging myself were smacking me in the face as I looked around at the environment we were in. So, like, walking through Mykonos Town, which has this more, like, old village feel. 
I mean, there's still touristy shops and all the things, but like the vibe itself of like walking through the twisty streets, it has like this different feel, but still like hearing this voice of you need to come back here. There's something more for you here. Like in my head, it was a bit like, what the heck? Like, this is not my place. I don't belong here. But that voice, like I acknowledged and remembered that um, that statement from within, right? And if you had told me then that that was July of 2017, that in less than two years later, I would be divorced and have come back to Greece and Mykonos multiple times I would have been living in Mykonos and that I had would have met and fallen in love with a Greek man in Mykonos, I would never have believed you, right? Like all of that transpired in those next two years from July of 2017 through July of 2019, all those things happened. Separation, divorce, epic adventures of travel, return trips to Greece multiple times, living on Mykonos multiple times, falling in love with a Greek man in Mykonos and then choosing to move there permanently. Like all of that would start to unfold in those next two years. I would have told you you were crazy. And not only that, if you had told me that that was what was going to unfold over the next two years, I don't know that the version of me then would have had the courage to show up for that epic adventure. Because the version of me then was overwhelmed, exhausted, burned out, like feeling the pinch of all these things, the pressure and the stress of all those dynamics in my life. And I was just now at that point starting to realize that I needed to make some changes, right? Like if I couldn't please others, maybe I needed to tune into what I needed. I was just learning how to be a little bit more present. I was tuning into a little bit more self-care, I was just really embarking on the journey of figuring out what I needed, but it was teeny tiny baby steps. So if you had told me then that in less than two years, and in fact, in less than six months really from that point in time, my life would so drastically change, I probably would have run screaming the other way or hobbled slowly the other way, because at that point in time, my ankle was still a mess, right? Like, I would not have believed you. And this is how sometimes life is stranger than fiction, right? Like, what would unfold over the coming weeks and months was wild and continues to be wild. And yet, I have followed that feeling of this and it's led me here. And so that's where we're going to pause today. You know, as I look back on that experience, that trip, those circumstances, I've let go of a lot of the shame and guilt I once felt about how it unfolded, everything I didn't do. You know, I can look back and and see how it unfolded the way it did, um, how my fears and wounding certainly got in the way, how I didn't know how to say this is what I want, how much my patterns of people pleasing was and let me manage everything was connected to this fear that I people would say no or I would be rejected for naming my wants and so I would just handle things and weave my wants into that you know in sort of this 
passive aggressive, manipulative, let me fix everything and get what I want sort of approach. I can see how much my plan for my then marriage and then relationship, my plan, my solution on how to fix stuff was just that, my plan. It wasn't something that um, my then husband was on board with. You know, I can look back and have a whole lot of, I do look back and have an incredible amount of compassion and empathy and understanding for all four of us on that trip, that misguided adventure, right? Doing the best we could with awkward, awkward circumstances. And I, I'm also proud of looking back some of those choices I started to make and, you know, starting to say, well, if I can't please anybody, then what do, what do I need to do for me? And starting to ask the question, okay, this is really difficult and awkward and uncomfortable. How do I want to show up in this? And if I can't control or influence the outcomes and what's to come, can I just be present in the next few moments? Can I savor and appreciate what's unfolding now and deal with later, later? Can I let go of how this unfolded and what I could have, should have done differently and just enjoy the now? Can I allow the present moment to touch me and to influence me and to spark something within me? And can I start to listen to that as I move forward, right? Looking back, I, I'm proud that I started to do those things. Now, in truth, I started to do those things because I felt like I didn't really have a choice, right? Like, it was pressure from all sides, and that pressure led to me, I can't deal with anybody else's stuff, so this is my path forward. But that's sometimes what happens, right? Like, sometimes change unfolds or we a, a new path emerges because the old paths aren't working anymore. Sometimes the path forward is an innovation um, to figure out how to deal with the discomfort of where we are. Like that is true. I didn't know any better. And so the change that was occurring within me was as a result of saying, yeah, this old stuff isn't working, so I got to do something different. And so I'm proud that I listened to that and started to follow those crumbs of different and innovation forward. Now, looking back, is there a part of me that wishes I could have done some of that stuff differently, that I could have made it easier on everybody else or that I'd learned some of these lessons sooner? Sure. But that's not what happened. Um, and so, you know, part of the brutal honesty and relentless compassion is also acceptance and forgiveness. That's not what happened. You know, one of the pieces of wisdom that has really continued to guide me that again came to me through that leadership program in 2015 was the quotation from Maya Angelou, when you know better, do better. And, you know, this trip in Greece was one of those powerful moments of inspiration and insight where I started to see how messed up some of my choices were. I started to see the error in some of my ways. I started to see and feel, quite frankly, to feel the pain points of some of my wounds and my my not doing um well, right? And so it was those it was this time of realization of I want to do it different moving forward. I realized that I hadn't been doing it well, right? Um, and I wanted to do it differently. 
So when you know better, do better. It was from that moment forward, from the moment of realization, right? Like that we have the opportunity to be intentional about shifting and changing. And so I'm really grateful looking back for those awkward moments, for the discomfort, for the pressure that, you know, brought those insights into my awareness that like, we can't, we can't do stuff this way anymore. We need to do, I need to do better. Um, so that's where I'm going to leave you today with this episode. And like I said, it was a wild and wacky adventure full of so much insight and some really incredible moments. And like, let's be real too. It was all unfolding in and with the beautiful, incredible, epic, magical landscape of Greece and the Greek islands. So, you know, like going to honor and acknowledge the the privilege in my life too, that, you know, if you're going to have these like breakthrough, breakdown, midlife crisis moments, you know, there are a lot worse places to be experiencing them than on the beaches of Greece, in in the caldera in Santorini, walking through um, Mykonos town, right? Like if you're going to have a breakdown and a breakthrough and a existential midlife crisis moment, like why not do it in Greece? So thank you for joining me today and I will talk to you again soon. I hope you've enjoyed today's stories and tales from my messy journey of transformation. If any of what you heard today resonates with you and you desire to explore any of the themes further or to be in community and connection, bonus content is available to you. Tips, tools, resources, connection, and more. Visit my website, adventuresinhealing.co and follow the prompts for behind-the-scenes podcast access and bonus content. You will also find information on how to connect with me directly and the mentoring services and programs I offer. My life has become an adventure in healing, discovery, and aliveness, and yours can too. I hope to connect with you soon. Much love, and please remember, live your adventure because you are the magic.